0: Welcome to Her Ice, our Girls High School Hockey Podcast, a member of the YHH Podcast Network. I'm Tony Scott. Today, I'll be joined with Peter Odney, and we will discuss all things girls hockey related. Should be a fun show. We'll talk a little recruiting, girls high school hockey, our NAFE event that we just passed by, and many more other topics that you will certainly enjoy. Hope you enjoy today's show
1: used to keep it cool used to be a fool all about the bounce in my step. watch it on the news what you're gonna do i could hit profession and forget used to keep it cool
0: peter odney how are you doing
1: i'm reading about the uh nba draft
0: oh yeah did you learn anything?
1: I did. I learned that in two years, Minnesota basketball produced as many top five picks as Minnesota hockey has ever produced. You love that tweet. I you? think it's so dang
0: funny. And you're racist, too, when you Why make am I tweets racist? like that. You're just a racist. Why? You know you post a
1: picture of the frog? and I had no idea the frog was <laughs> racist. It's a cartoon frog.
0: Rubbing his hands together. Wow, that was racist.
1: I Well, I got a text from you after I tweeted it. You morning. were mad you at me. You said you had to take it down. Well, you replaced it with a Hasboula. Uh, Has- Hasboula's cute.
0: And Hasbulla had a little number one finger, so I thought it was well, kind of cute. Well, a-
1: that's uh, ageist and ableist. No,
0: he was just doing number nope, one because Chet- nope, he knew Chet able- was being a, number you one. You used pitch. a
1: picture of Hezbollah it's ableist. Mm, whatever. Say it, whatever. All I know is that Minnesota is the state of basketball, not the state of hockey.
0: Well, we're not here to talk basketball or That's Hasboula true. or Pepe. We're here to talk girls' high school hockey, and Hell we yeah, saw a brother. lot of it in the last few weeks. Almost too much of it. Yeah, it was like literally I've forgotten I not, we, covered, I forgot we covered boys' hockey. I have
1: not watched a boys' hockey game in
0: a very long well, time. Well, we're going to in uh, three days. We're going to see a lot oh, of boys yeah. down at the camp. Or see Girls, too. And then we're going to go to the Brick for, like, oh, two, two weeks. Week. So we're going to see plenty of boys playing hockey soon. Uh, but before we do that, let's talk about what we've seen and what the future lies for girls' high school hockey. Yeah. You know what? One topic that is not on here and a good plug for a show that will be coming out very soon was an interview that we had this morning with... Larry Olim.
1: It's Olam. Okay.
0: Olim. Not sure. crossing grandma. No, I'm not
1: either. I'm not crossing
0: grandma. Uh, what did you think of that sh- That that hour and a half we met with him today? I thought it was awesome.
1: I, I liked him a lot. I thought he had some really good insights on what it was like growing up in Waroad. And obviously anyone who grows up in a place like Warroad has good stories, and he had good stories. And I thought it was a good balance between him telling stories of his childhood and answering questions so yeah I'll be curious to see what he does he's walking into a team with a ton of talent and, and a lot of expectations a too. lot of expectation finishing third last year um they should be another final four team oh i think this so This upcoming season they should probably go to the state championship game if mm. everything shakes out the way that yeah it's lined up to yeah All the, isla rice camp is gone that hurts yep and kylie nickham is gone gone so yep. that hurts too
0: Call her Kylie. I think it Kaylee. I don't know. I okay. can never tell. When okay. there's an
1: "I" in there, I always yeah. get nervous between Kylie and it's probably Kaylee. Kaylee, I think it's Kaylee. Okay.
0: Well, uh, let's go back to what seems like months ago, but it was only like 10, 12 days ago. It wasn't that long uh, the. Ago, was it? U18 Worlds in Madison, Wisconsin. You and I collectively saw Canada play the U.S. on the Thursday leading up to the tournaments in a mm-hmm. friendly, yep. um, and I think we did a show about it, like kind of a we preview. Did. Okay, and then a week later, I was in Madison for the game one, the seven nothing drubbing by the Americans in Madison, and then four days later on Monday night, you saw the Canadians cool. come back know. and whip. The Americans. Three they didn't to two. whip the Americans. All well, they won three to two, and they were up three 0 They nothing, didn't whip so. the Americans. Whatever. Um, let's do some thoughts on it. Uh, I thought I thought oh. we had some good takes, but we we basically just got a taste of the American and Canadians up in blaine. But I think we have a much better after watching. I think I watched every American game. At least a period of every American game. Some of them got a little boring between me and you. Yep. Um, and then I saw the Canadian 7 nothing game, and then you saw the semis and the championship. Let's do some chitter-chatter about that. Um, can we talk about uh, the Americans losing after winning 7 nothing, or, or is that like a taboo topic to, we to bring should up? T-
1: we should talk about
0: it. I mean, I don't think anyone else does. Like,
1: Everybody else has talked about it. You can't on, ignore the fact that
0: on they a lost. publication or a podcast. Have you heard any podcast that talked about how the Americans beat the Canadians seven nothing and then end up losing
1: in the championship? Wow, you said everything except for choke.
0: I didn't say that. <laughs> I would never say that. That would be
1: bad. You know. Um, well, all i we would is be
0: we would be considered
1: anti girls hockey if we said that. So we won't say that. I'm not anti girls hockey. I did. I thought the Canadians thoroughly outplayed the Americans, though the Canadians wanted it more. I mean, they. I sat on the glass for the entire game and I got a, a you know, a primo view of what was going on on the ice. I, the Canadians wanted it. They went one and two in pool play. They were shut out. They lost to Finland for the first time in tournament history. And quite frankly, as Canada... They were embarrassed after pool. Play. Yeah, they they went one and two. They had to play a play in game for you know I think the first time ever they had to play like a quarterfinal matchup. So they were pissed, and the Canadians came into the game after facing some adversity, which the United States faced zero going into the uh, the semifinals against Sweden. And Canada wanted it more. They were buzzing the U.S. net. They were scrapping for rebounds. They were throwing their hips and shoulders around. And I thought they they played. Harder.
0: did winning seven and nothing hurt the americans
1: pool play hurt the americans in general they outscored their pool it's play like opponents 21 to
0: eight, 18 to 1 18 okay i was like it was, yeah
1: 18 to 1 and that's what you want out of your team though you, if you're that much better you want them assert your dominance to assert their dominance but i do think it dulled the killer instinct a little bit i agree with that and I thought Sweden in the semifinal round, I fell in love with that. They Sweden took team. They took it to him. They punched him right in the mouth yeah. right away. There was no fear on that bench from the Swedish team. And Mira Youngakar, I've told everybody this that I've discussed the game with. Uh, she was my favorite player in the entire tournament. I thought she was the best leader in the entire tournament.
0: Well, what takes uh, away that discussion, Brian? Who is what? your favorite? Player oh, my favorite player is Mira Youngakar. Right. Okay, no. Right.
1: Every time the Swedish goalie, uh, Lisa. Janssen covered the puck. Whether there was an American tapping at the pads or not, Young Akar had a slash or a cross check or a little trash talk for every American that got near the crease. And I loved it because on paper, when you don't match up with a team, you have to find some way. Sounds like she, she needs a therapist. Why would she need a therapist? She <laughs> seems to have gotten all of her aggression out during the game. I'm kidding. But uh, I thought Sweden played America. America. I thought Sweden played the Americans exactly how they had to because yeah. on paper and talent wise, they couldn't match up. So they turned it into a slugfest. Good for I mean, them. What are you, you, you going to do? Are you going to not? It's kind of like. A team that's down by one, that down by two goals late in the game, and they opt not to pull the goalie so that they can lose three to one instead of four to one. Right. Sweden said, "Screw it," and they went guts out for the all three periods.
0: The Finns ended up winning the bronze, didn't they?
1: They did. I think that was a bit of an emotional hangover for, for Sweden. Sweden. They were beat up after yeah. that game. They there were some players crying and hanging on to each other after the game and. You could tell that they really thought they had a shot.
0: Yeah, kind of a bummer. Um, it's interesting. They um, the, the Americans again. I saw them play twice. Seemed like kind of like a, a racehorse. You know, they were just they were they were thoroughbred. bigger, thoroughbred. They were they are bigger. They were stronger. They were better skilled. They had. Everything. It just looked, even in Blaine, after I have left Blaine that day, I'm like, man, they just got so many big, strong players. Everybody could score. Yeah, just like, wow, it was fantastic. They were just bigger, better, stronger. Um, but it, almost like a true thoroughbred, though, the Canadians and Swedes figured out a way to get to the Achilles' heel and kind of hobble them a little bit. What was it? What was it? Was it the physical play that hustle?
1: It was hustle. Okay. It, it didn't look like the Canadians did anything tactically that was all that outlandish. I mean, I don't think they went like okay. box and one on anybody. But No. There, it felt like the Americans were trying to be too cute with the puck. There was a lot of skate one-on-five, no. dipsy-doodle <sighs> onto don't the like side, that. and then look for a centering pass when, in reality, you could have just said fire, I mean, bombs away. Right. And the Canadian goaltender played really well. It wasn't McLeod; it was uh, Peterson.
0: Would you say? I guess we're not anti women's hockey. Would you? Were you a little surprised when Katie Lashpeau was named the coach of the U18 Worlds again?
1: No, you were not. I right. mean, she she came within a goal of the gold medal.
0: Okay, All and right.
1: you can't get much closer than that. I do think there is a point where you do have to look at the coach and the coaching staff. When you beat a team seven to nothing, and then you come out in the gold medal game, you didn't look great in the semifinals mm-hmm. against Sweden either. And then gold medal game, and they had that extra day of
0: rest. So, is the, was the rest good or bad?
1: I would say bad. I would I, too. If I'm in a tournament like that, and I you're like, hot. If you I want to keep
0: going, if right? I'm
1: in a tournament like that, I want to play every day. I do not want. I know any off days. I and agree. they did their best to mitigate distractions. Um, I met with Dave Bergen on their off day. And he said, this is the first day we get to see Danny of the entire week that we've been down here. And, um, so they, they tried to keep them as insular and as inside a bubble as possible. But I just, I think that they, it's like a high school team that gets to the state tournament undefeated, but they haven't faced any adversity. So you don't know what the bugs are until you're forced to deal with them. So Canada got their bugs out in the preliminary rounds and they knew, this That's is what true. we have to fix.
0: They got a Ginla back, too, midway through the tournament. They did. That I didn't helps. think she
1: was going to play. And then she popped up in the uh, quarterfinals. Yeah, I know it was in the playoffs. In the quarterfinals. She's a spark, too. Yeah. I mean, she didn't come out and score four goals or four no. or five goals right away, but she plays. It's an extra body. It's someone who like knows how to score. She exceptionally right? hard. She yeah. can skate really well, and she's got the offensive nose for the net. Yeah. Uh, I think if you ask Matt Jasper, he would say that Canada played a good physical game. He and I talked okay. about the Canadian team. You've
0: already named your favorite player, Mira Youngakar, by by <laughs> but, a
1: Swedish mile. Okay, if
0: there Mira is such Jungekar. a thing, uh, that'd be a cl- what kind of kilometer would that be? Uh, okay, uh, players that stood out for me, and I know that I've somewhere on here, on one of our channels, whether it be social or article or whatever, uh, the player that stood out, the best player in the tournament for me. Uh, was the young lady from Connecticut, Darien, Connecticut. Uh, I know it's an S,
1: Morrow. I'm just going to watch you struggle. Sydney Morrow. Sydney
0: Morrow. She's got a sister with an S. got two brothers with an S, a Sophie, dad with an S. Scott. Uh, Stewart.
1: Who's the other one? I think there's, Stewart. There's
0: a Stewart, I think, in there. What? Look him up. They're, it's crazy. And then an uncle. Uh, I mean, it's crazy, all the S's in the Morrow family. But r- regardless of their letters and their initials, uh, fantastic hockey player. Uh, skilled, can see the ice, um, crazy how good she is, and and now she goes into the national championship team in uh, Ohio State. I I, I, have, I have very good things to say about her. If I left that tournament and saw her play two games and then watched her on tv a couple other times that's the only girl slash woman i could say is a lock to be an olympian the rest of them sydney rest of them i could see layla edwards being olympian um after that maybe maddie kaiser i thought maddie was probably the third most important player on that team
1: no sims no love for Sims. Sims.
0: Okay, I have I have some negativity to the top line. Okay, oh. ooh, can't do negative, but I'll try. Ooh. I thought, okay, I thought the line, the top line of Janikie Sims Edwards was the prettiest. I mean, man, they made pretty goals, they made pretty plays, uh, but when it mattered. In the in the in the semis in the championship, we didn't get a lot of production out of that top line. Nope. Okay.
1: Claire Enright.
0: Yeah, right. But the line that was the most impressive—I don't even know where she's going—but McCarthy Scannell's not old enough, um, and and Kaiser—that was the line that was so productive. Game in, period in, period out, game in, game out was the best line for that group. I thought.
1: Did What'd they play together on a line? I thought McCarthy yeah. was more of a spot.
0: Well, that's player. the funny part because they were they were all kind of spotty. But when those three got together, because um, Ava Lindsay played with with Kaiser sometimes too. Like they, they brought well, him in and
1: primary, out. It was the primary line Lindsay played on was with was Bergen and Enright. Correct. correct. You, know who, you know who got a lot of play
0: but time? but the goal that Lindsay scored in the seven nothing game was a, with, with, with a feed from Madison Kaiser. So it, the the lines because they had thirteen forwards were there the top line never changed, the the Biederman,
1: um St. Martin got tossed around. Gorb- on a few Gorbatenko. Lines. Gorbatenko, they got kind of Hall
0: lines. got tossed around a little bit. Yeah, uh, but and at the end of the day, uh, Sidney Morrow Numero Uno for me, uh, that's no country bias. That was just flat out never made a bad play, super smart. Could do it all.
1: Oh, I thought she was great. I mean, if I had to pick another favorite player, it would probably be uh, Mari Peterson, the goaltender from Team Canada.
0: Yeah, yeah. She was good. It was funny. We made all those players to watch videos on uh, Instagram and TikTok. Mm -hmm. Every one of them sent us a DM saying thank you for making those videos. Oh, Every one life. of them is awesome. Sweet, and I got one of my best pictures of all time when I was down there. Not that I have anything to do with this show or this tournament, but uh, the Maddie Kaiser celebration pick in front of the net was still one of my all-time favorites. Just the. I don't remember that one. That picture? Oh yeah. Well, I do.
1: It's somewhere, and it's somewhere. It's in fantastic. The, uh, the and the online. camera
0: did an awesome job. All I did was pull the trigger, and. Stand in the corner. That's how it always
1: goes, though, yeah. right?
0: It's fantastic. So, um,
1: <laughs> it was a good experience.
0: Foreign players, uh, let's hear it. You, this is your department. You, you love pronouncing these last names, and you saw them all play multiple times. Who are some yeah. foreign players that kind of jumped out at you? Uh,
1: Amelia Kirko, the goaltender from Finland. Yeah, I she was she all was tournament their, team. She, I thought she was their best player. It's so by funny. Far. How-
0: What is the the Finnish recipe to great goaltending, both male and female? What is it? Discipline. Is it?
1: Yeah. I don't know. Universal health (laughs) care. I I honestly couldn't tell you, but uh, she played great. I thought her numbers were a little, they weren't inflated, but I think that, you could have lopped off like twenty of her total shots. Okay, just yeah, as, her numbers were good though. This is from the blue line, one on five. I'm just trying to get it in on net, but it was counted as a shot.
0: Yes, we uh actually I used some finish uh, dictionary and communicated with her, uh, on Instagram. She sent
1: the me, thank you. yeah, she
0: sent me, thanks. This is awesome. And I couldn't, yeah. re- and so I started responding back to her with Finnish and some Aww. basic phrases. It was fun. Yeah. And I don't fun. mean to
1: take anything away from her performance. It was, it was no, fantastic, it was but there were some discrepancies in stats. From, I was trying to tweet while watching live streams. Yes. And the, the IHF website would have one thing. The scoreboard would have another thing. Yes. The TSN broadcast would Different. have another thing. And then by the time the next period started, we were still all trying over. to figure out who got. They changed one of the goals, I think, during the gold medal game three times. Yeah. They announced yeah makes it makes fun and for tweeting, doesn't it? announced it again, and then they announced it again.
0: When Elon Musk takes over Twitter, we're gonna be like, He's it, not going to though. He's not going, to though. I'm he's not going to though. Is some
1: there's like too many bots or something. So I'm he, kidding. He's being sued right now, I think, for a quarter of a billion dollars. Oh wow. Yeah. Um. Okay. So. Can I pick more foreign players? Sure. Give okay. Me one more. uh Mira Markstrom from Team Sweden, best hands in the tournament. Okay. So. By far. And then uh, Adila Sapovalovova. That's from the one from Czech.
0: Czechia. 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 Yeah. She. She and I. Did a couple EMs was too it was fun. There just, was just like I did it all I I communicated with her in in Czechia.
1: Sapo Yeah. And she's then, good. Uh, last one, Nicole Hall from Sweden.
0: Yep. I good. thought she was a stud. Good, good, good. Um, okay. Uh, before we two two more topics on eighteens. Uh, Minnesota players. Uh, I, I already gave you mine. Uh, I thought Madison Kaiser was Besides, Sydney Morrow was the best player on the ice. Every time she on the ice, she was, the, she was her best. You know, that was – I think she played better on a world stage against best players than she did during her senior season at Holy Family. I'm yeah. dropping that for you right there. That's how good I thought she was.
1: Totally different. And family. I don't think
0: she was bad at Holy Family. I just thought she was in a completely different gear. Brad Frost was down there going – I can't wait till she gets to campus.
1: <laughs> the lone gopher commit on the roster, isn't she? Um, I think she's the lone gopher. No. Eight, eight Wisconsin Badgers.
0: There was one more, wasn't there?
1: I think it was just Kaiser.
0: Oh, Ava Lindsay.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So two. Yeah. So two. Uh, so you're telling me I got to pick a Minnesota player?
0: I, that was part of the reason we went down there, because there okay. was eight Minnesotans. If there were zero Minnesotans, I don't think we would have made the trip.
1: I think we would have, just because the tournament will never be as close. <laughs> True, but again. it
0: helped that there were eight Minnesotans. And um, then you have, and then the gazdic is, is she part of the eight?
1: Yeah, yeah, I count her okay. as part Yeah, of so league. do I. If, if you're, She, a, play, she plays if, at Gentry Academy. If you're a, for if you're a
0: Minnesota sakes, product, we cover you. Product. Yep. Uh,
1: I thought Emma Peschel had a good weekend. She was on the top power play unit. If she would have connected, I think she hit two posts. Yeah. Or two or three over the course of the weekend, she could have made a run for best defender if she would have gotten those goals. She just didn't have the numbers. Right. Uh, I thought Gazdick, I thought her game translated really well to so the national level. So did I. She... She can bang some bodies. So you like the D. She's so strong.
0: You liked our D. I thought
1: thought the forwards were good. I think Bergen and Enright really got their chance to shine on the penalty kill. Yeah. Uh, I think Danny Bergen was out there for almost every penalty killing shift. I think she was out there. I think if the tournament would have lasted another three or four days, Claire Enright would have maybe moved up to the second line just yeah. the way she was playing against Canada once she got her goal it was like a totally different player
0: that's true but that's um, true.
1: you know I, it was i think it was refreshing and some people might disagree with this especially the players themselves i thought it was refreshing to see players that we that are from minnesota that we assume are the best of the best of the best of the best of the best. I thought it was refreshing to see them in different roles. Yeah. Because they're not going to step on their college campuses next year and it's immediately a, be line one, PP1, one, PK1. Sure, so
0: little pill, to, to, tough pill to swallow for yeah, them, I'm sure. And to
1: watch Lindsay and Bergen and Enright play together on a third line.
0: Fourth line, sometimes. Third line, fourth line. Yeah.
1: You, but you have to get used to playing in different situations. So I think I it was good for the players and it was fun to see some girls that we normally don't.
0: Last but not least, um, you were at the Andover. You die in a game, two thousand twenty, when Andover won their first state title, I believe. Yes, close to a full bowl, you know, crazy, right? That's Mm -hmm. to me. To me, as I watch and follow the, you know, I'm in my young stage of following all of this stuff pretty intently. That to me struck me as a great atmosphere in a great environment um sold out laban america canada was as good or better
1: was it sold out for your game oh yeah okay yeah it was sold out for the gold medal game it was
0: yours was sold out three four hours in advance
1: yeah i actually i sat down in the last seat on the bleachers near the locker room hallway and i thought there's no way that there will be enough people we will all have to move Sure enough, I got bumped. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> I got bumped by a by a family that came and I thought that atmosphere
0: stadium. was amazing.
1: It was great. I I thought it was great. There were um, there were a lot of people that went to every game that I saw at the gold medal game. Just random fans. Yeah. So I think people made a weekend of it. I think a lot of families made it kind of a trip and a, a destination. But a sold out leban That was pretty cool. Pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Would have been cooler if the U.S. had won because the the roof would have.
0: Come off, come off! But uh. Uh, here's a, a weird um, observation. It has nothing to do with this the show, but it's Jazzy uh, went down there and did all that video work of, yeah. of that that we got produced. Hats off to him! And we do these. He does these wonderful like drone shots. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Did you do any drone? He goes, I couldn't get the drone up. Lebon is so sandwiched in there. And he goes, and he looked and he paused and he goes, just like Ritter. Is sandwiched in between Mariucci and a bunch of trees and yeah. the tennis center. Because I go, isn't that weird? So is Laban. They're just kind of they were they those these two schools did amazing things to get women's only facilities, beautiful women's only facilities. But in order to do it, they had to wedge these things into these old campuses and, oh, and yeah. these old pieces of real estate. If you think about it, yeah, I and they're got, very much very similar.
1: I got an awkward tour of area around Le Bon I took a uh, I took a wrong turn looking for parking the first day I was there and I went down a (laughs) non-car sidewalk and people (laughs) had to spread out for me but I got to see the the infrastructure it it, because it's not just the sheet of ice or the facility like you, you have to have parking around there so there's a a parking garage and then there's an underground garage yes, and then there's an I empty st- lot street and then parking there's i i couldn't park on the street the entire I, time i was I, down there i, I couldn't got park street, on the parking. street even going down to the hotel
0: you should have just ubered from the hotel that's what you i should did not. the first night okay.
1: i went down there couldn't find parking for 35 minutes i went back to the hotel got in an uber went back to the arena rookie and uh the day i interviewed dave bergen i took an uber down to their hotel because they had a farmer's market right next to it and he said uh it doesn't look like there's a lot of parking down here no, no i got no, a no. i got a walking tour of madison wisconsin
0: it's good beautiful yeah. my wife's from there i spent a lot of time there and i got you into a great hotel didn't i
1: oh they were the best yeah they were so. the best at the spring hill suites flaming hot cheetos all over the place
0: All right, uh, let's move on to the national camp invites. There are three separate national camps uh, of note. You get the U15s, uh, which is the 07s, Mm -hmm. and the 16s and 17s are separate camps, um, but they are starting tomorrow. Um, so 16s would be the 06s, and the 17s would be the 05s. And then players from all of those camps that we're just talking about will also get a chance to get invited to the U18 development camp July 15th through the 21st. All of these camps are in St. Cloud at St. Cloud State University. Um, and the 18 U camps will get uh, eventually get trimmed down from 70, 80 kids to a team for What? Later? the 18 the u18 worlds, world, <laughs> <laughs> world championship which will be held where in what country
1: madison wisconsin
0: sweden good, try. Oh. good try. so it'll be in sweden this time <laughs> around um i believe we just got done watching the 21 u18 worlds and we'll be t- doing the 22 u18 worlds even though both were played in 2022 um Let's talk a little, which 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 grade do you want, which age do you want to start with? The uh, 07s, 06s, 05s, U18s, where I don't, do you want to I go? don't
1: have them organized by age. I have the you have, U18 select roster for the Minnesotans chosen for that camp, and then I have the U15 national camps.
0: Okay, that's what I was going to say. Let's start the U15 national camps. You're the only one who has the list in front of you.
1: Yep, I'm just making some notes because Minnesota hockey still – organizes these names by community. Yeah. And for our purposes I'm making That's notes.
0: on the U15s cuz they're coming technically out of U15 hockey, not high school hockey. Technically, but yep. for
1: my own notes I'm making little notes next to
0: All right. So anyone jump schools. anything jump out at you from that U15 group that just came out of the state camp? No. Nothing jumped. No, you? I mean
1: five and over players, four forwards. One from the 15A team, and then uh, four from the varsity. Who was from
0: the 15A team?
1: Piper Andrews. Okay, that's what I would have thought. Uh thought. Three from Benilde, Lulu Ruchinski, Kendall Hassler, and Grace Bendixson.
0: Yep. Okay, so
1: I Good. think that's the second most. Edina? No, uh, Rozo had three. Rozo also had three. Havda, Jasmine Havda, Peyton Remick, and Lily Erickson.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. All
1: from Rozo. You're asking about Edina.
0: Edina had how many?
1: Lorelai Nelson, Anderson, Taylor Gardner, and got to be Andersons in there, or
0: maybe nope. Where's she from? Do they they list her from? She has to
1: be all I've got is Nelson and Gardner. It's got to be an error. uh, You know how many spelling mistakes are on here? Macy Rasmussen does not have an E in her name. Hannah Olson does not have an H on the end of her name. Weird. I remember reading through that and thinking, are these different players? Because Macy Rasmussen does not have an E in her name. All right. It's just Uh, misspellings. Uh, I did think it was cool to see Ashlyn Hazlitt get selected. Yeah, a forgotten goaltender at Minnetonka behind a senior Correct. goalie of the year finalist, yep. uh, Layla Hemp, who's considered one of the best goaltenders in the country in this age group, and we'll then everybody it. forgets that Ashlyn Hazlitt is also on that roster. Yeah, uh,
0: and Layla, we'll we'll get to her in just a second. Yeah. Oh, speaking um,
1: of Eudina, Nora Hannon, another is goalie, the third. Yep. yep.
0: Great. Uh, so those are the seven, and then obviously the big the big uh, coup is uh, Jones and Little uh, getting the national camp. So they skip the 15 camp all together yep. and they'll go directly. They pass, go and go directly to the U18 worlds, which is really difficult because there's only a handful of those uh, at that young age who can make it to that camp. Um,
1: yeah, It's, it's what uh, Josie St. Martin did though. Correct.
0: Correct. Yep. correct. And before that, I would think that Danny Bergen made it, too it would be the other one when, when she was there. So I think every year a Minnesota kid or two makes their way through the whole process. Um, Okay, so we we have the 15s. Um, Let's go to the 16s first. That would be the 06s. I have that in front of me.
1: I do, too. I just got to move Um, this
0: sheet. We'll do the 06s. These are the 06s. That I thought were uh, that are outstanding players. That well, here's the 06s. sixes. There's only eight of them that made the national. It'd be Carly Humphrey, we'll, who will we'll get to later. Lauren Carl, Taylor Porthen, Kendra Distad, Sawyer Fleming. Ayla Puppy, Josie St. Martin, obviously, and Layla Hemp. Those are the 06s that made it directly to National Camp. They don't. They, they go to the July uh, camp. They don't participate in this week's camp in St. Cloud. Mm. Um, and then, the, obviously, a real nice list of 15 girls. You can go on the website and find those girls who are going to just start camp tomorrow uh, in St. Cloud for the 06s. We'll get to those in a minute. And then on the 05s, a big list of 05s, uh, 13 of them made it. Uh, including uh, St. Thomas commit, Ella Housie, Minnesota commit, Ellie Kleppinger. No surprise that those two got invited to the national camp. Uh, Josie Lang, Kaylin Mum, Sydney Putra, Lindsay Avar, Delaney Fleming, congr- Fleming, congratulations to her, Hannah Helverson, Ava Lindsay, obviously, Lauren O'Hara, Grace Sedura, Sedona Blair, obviously, because she played in the U18 Worlds and Genevieve Klein from Shattuck St. Mary. So those mm-hmm. uh, 23 girls so far have made it to the national camp. Now, girls that from the 07s, like Mercury Bischoff, I could see her going straight from. The U15 camp that ends on July 14th right into the national camp. Someone like that from that 07 list. Um, As well as any of the uh, 25 that are uh, in camp this week could also get invites to that U18 camp and make the U18 world team. That would be a stretch when you think there's 73 already invited nationally. 76 already invited nationally. And now you take some more from... uh, the national camp, I'm guessing they're gonna make a nice even number like eighty five probably. You know, to be five Maybe teams they'll of seven. No, no, there will be players. girls from these two the, these national camps that will get an invite to the national camp this week. They will. You can see Mar-
1: Michaela Moran. Yeah. Might be one.
0: Yeah, she's. We'll we'll get to her later. She had a. Well, when we talk about Naif, she was the one that really. I mean, athletically, she's just on a completely different level than than people. I mean, she's just there. She tracks a crowd. Every time Michaela Moran played in NAFE last weekend, there'd be ten to twelve Division One coaches just going, "I can't wait till next year. I can't wait till <laughs> next year." Um, we'll get to Michaela later in in the recruiting. Um, any thoughts on these lists or the process and where will we be in this whole process?
1: No. Uh, the one thing I would take from this is can we please, all agree on one uniform way to designate how old these players are instead of going, okay, what year were they in high school? Okay, what's their grad year? Okay, what's their birth year? Just pick one. I hate the fact that female hockey goes by grad year.
0: Well oh, so does high school hockey. So does boys in a way Just, uh,
1: are you a junior in high school or not? No, oh, she's a twenty it, twenty. they 40. have to no, recruit you. It's, it's, it's
0: based on your grad year. That's like that's why if you look at Michaela Moran playing with the O sixers of the U eighteen, you're like, well there's the best girl right there. Right? She's only a freshman in high school, going into her sophomore year. She's
1: unrecruitable. Then call her a freshman.
0: That's fine, but it's you're sure.
1: I agree. I want to go. I want to go freshman. They don't play.
0: They don't play. IIHF does not play by their grad year. They They play by by their birth year.
1: Yep. and then everybody else looks at everything by grad year. Yep, it's I know. Incredibly so, annoying. I know it is. Uh, as for our role in all of this, I don't know, we'll probably make it up to St. Cloud for a day.
0: I think we'll be at National Camp uh, July 15th through the 21st. I think we will go up there and check that out and see how the— St.
1: Cloud's kind of a day trip. You yep. get up there around 10 o'clock in the morning, you turn back around <sighs> after the games, go home.
0: play it, Plenty of good hockey up there. Yeah. Uh, okay, so national camp is done. Um, how about what's next on the order? Do we have recruiting next? Yes, 2024 recruiting news.
1: <laughs> Big news. Um,
0: I made a list of 10 2024s. You love this, don't you? 2024s that I thought would be get a phone call. Oh, do you mean juniors the, in high school? Girls that will be juniors in high school. And, yep. Here are 10, if you didn't see the tweet, ten that I thought would get calls or do be doing some contacting of one another. Uh Grace Bickett, yes. Kendra Distad, yes. Hannah Graves, yes. Hannah Halverson, yes. Carly Humphrey, who's already had her calls and made her commitment. Congratulations, Carly, yep. on your commitment to the U of M. Kate Kosabud, Kaylin Mum, Ayla Puppy, Josie St. Martin, and Grace Jean. A name that does not appear anywhere on our lists. There you go. Grace Jean has been shut out of these national camps. Um, Now, Josie St. Martin. Uh, Do we want to start on this list and kind of go down it? We've already talked about... um, We talked about... Carly Humphrey is already committed to yep, she's the University committed. of Minnesota. We had another commit. She's a 2023. Uh, we'll talk about her a little bit maybe in the NAFE discussion as well. It was Riley Bartz from Fargo, North Dakota. I thought she was unbelievable this past weekend playing for the Max Foundation. She committed to St. Thomas, uh, which is no surprise. St. Thomas is putting together a heck of a 2023 Class, I would say that rivals any class in the country as far as talent is concerned.
1: Riley had 88 points in 26 games last year.
0: Yeah, another kid.
1: Fargo North slash South.
0: Another kid that really stood out for me um, in that, and I think she's a 2023 as well, is Lexi Kirkaby. She played for the Max Foundation. I think she uh plays D and had like sixty she was like second or third in the state last year for uh in North Dakota. She played on that Max Foundation team. She was a heck of a she's player. She's from Grand
1: Forks. I don't know. She's got Oh, a, she's from Jamestown.
0: She's got a blue helmet that does nothing for She's from
1: Jamestown, North Dakota and I have a sneaking suspicion that she is either the daughter or the niece of my old psychology professor.
0: That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yep. Okay. Uh let's go through this class. So First first and foremost, uh, defense is a real sh- – this is not a deep class of defenders. Like, if you look at the 2025 class with Courtney Little and Mac Jones, uh, just Avery Case. Like, I mean, like, there's so many the good Andover. defenders in that 2025 class. Uh, y- it's just unbelievable. Just – you can go to Andover and get four great defense – defenders, okay? Mm-hmm. But I don't think this class is really deep. So, if you – if you if you need a D for this specific class, you better jump fast, right? You have Josie Lang, right? Yep. You have Kaylin Mum, right? Grace Bicket, uh, Kate Kosobud. Uh, then it really starts to the talent level starts. I think there's a, a line in the sand after those girls. Would you agree with that, or am yes. I missing somebody in that 2024 class? I'm gonna read off a few. 2024 D that I think, you know, who also might see a Division I scholarship coming their way. Okay, it would be Lauren Carl, Taylor Porthan, um, and there was one more on my list here, Samantha Poole, and maybe even uh, Lauren Goldsworthy or Lily Hunst from Lakeville South. I mean, those are some other good D, but the ones at the top... The top schools are coming after hard. I've been hearing that uh, Josie Lang's getting a lot of love from Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hearing a lot of love uh, for Kaylin Mum. I think she's the, the prized recruit. I think that Grace Bickett would have been the prized, but she was injured last year. Coming right? off an ACL. So too, we don't know quite how she's come back from injury yet, but I think she would have the most attention given to her. Uh, Kaylin Mum, right now, I'm hearing might be a serious lean towards St. Thomas. Uh, but that could change because I would I, I would guess all of the uh, top notch teams uh, would be coming after her as well. Um, so we're done with D, right? We're done with D. We stick for, yeah, another forward one, class. I got one last
1: note on Bickett, yeah, though. We go, talked about this off air. Yeah, her decision is going to be complicated by the fact that. She's a very, very good soccer player. Mm-hmm. So what if she decides to play soccer in college? Well, that'll change the recruiting a little bit. What if she wants to do both? What if a school offers more scholarship money to play soccer than they do for Correct. hockey? How big of an issue is scholarship money gonna be? So
0: Or maybe it's no big deal at all. Right?
1: Maybe it's not. Maybe she can if she could do both, that would be great. Or maybe she decides doing both is more important than playing division one and decides to go to, you know, Bethel or something and play three Oof.
0: sports. Right. I'd, Here we go. So now the forward class, everyone, all eyes point to Josie St. Martin. You know, she's the only 06 Minnesota player to play in the U18 Worlds, right? One of two Um, 06 players One of the two 06s. Maggie Scannell, the other. Right. Um, I think Scannell's a late 06, too. So she might have to wait another year to get recruited. Um, So St. Martin – uh, word on the street is St. Martin will be taking her official visits starting August first. That's what the, the rules are. Exactly. Same with Hannah Halverson. She'll probably be taking her visits starting late August. So we won't be if you don't see a commit, you might see a commit from girl A, B, or C and you're like, well, wait, how come Hannah Halverson or haven't uh Josie St. Martin hasn't committed? Because they're going to take their visits and you can't take a visit according to NCAA. You can accept the scholarship offer right now. But you, ha- you, you have to take an unofficial visit. They're going to take official visits starting. So that, that's the word on the street for St. Martin and Halverson. So anyone out there in the hockey world who doesn't see them committing, don't panic that they're being overlooked. They are being looked at heavily. This
1: is a, also a good time to remind everybody that a verbal commitment doesn't mean S-Q-U-A-T. Squat. <laughs> a verbal commitment does not mean anything. Okay. Until they sign the NLI, nothing is set in stone. Right. And don't assume that players are not being recruited just because they're not. This isn't football or basketball where you share every scholarship no, it's offer the, it's you the bummer. Get.
0: It's the bummer in our sport, the sport media we're in. It's the bummer, but it's also a really nice thing. The advantage
1: of announcing a verbal commitment lies with the player because it tells other programs, look, I have an option. So if we're tiptoeing around it, either make your offer or move on.
0: Right. I'm with you on that one. Um, I'm hearing that Kendra Distad will be the next Gopher commit. Not for sure, but just what I'm hearing. Just what I'm hearing. Just telling you what I'm hearing. Okay. Um, I'm hearing, uh, let's see what got one more on it's here. not what the streets
1: are telling me okay
0: street guy i'm hearing lindsey avar might be headed to columbus ohio but that's not for sure either but i, I think that's an interesting and a perfect fit i was for gonna her. say it's a
1: good fit for the it's play style
0: perfect fit for her um so i I've, I've dropped those dimes there on on who's what's hot what's not out there and plenty of i think there's Great value right now at the forwards when you talk about Hannah Graves, uh, Ayla Puppy. These are types of players that are national camp worthy and, and had great events last weekend, whether they were playing in Braemar or, or at NAFE.
1: Yep. I'm glad you mentioned Ayla Puppy because this is a good time to shout out Northfield. Three, well, Northfield as a whole. There were
0: three Northfields on this list, yeah, weren't three there?
1: Three Northfield players will cool? be participating in the national camp process Ayla Puppy, Grace McCoshen, or McCoshen, however you say yep. it. I always mess it up. And Josie Grossman. And then you made the point that. Where's Josie Grossman? I don't see her on here. She is right here on the U 15. Oh, she's on the U 15. Oh, she
0: made the 07 national. Yep. And then you left out Isabel Steffs right here. She's from North. Forward. forward.
1: There we go. That's what it says. I'm just reading it right there. How Isabel do you spell? Is it Isabella Steffs, like S-T-E-P-H-E-S? Isabel Steffs,
0: S-T-E-P-H-E-S. Like Stevens, but with no N. That doesn't
1: strike Stephs. me as a Northfield player. Okay, well, maybe no, she is. apparently she is. Okay. What?
0: And what else gets left out of here is Lauren Goldsworthy, because her dad was the coach at St. Olaf, actually grinded, learned the game in
1: uh, Northfield as well. So oh, Maybe I was remembering Was that. I wrong? No, no, no. I was thinking about Isabel Steffs. I was hearkening back to a a more innocent time when she played for Faribault High School. There you go. Certainly not the first player to make the move from Fairboat to North <laughs> or Northfield to Faribault. I mean, or Northfield to Faribault. Yeah,
0: it's kind of interchangeable down there in the Cannon Valley. Yeah. All right. Um. So we are on the recruiting front, pretty much done. I th- I want to just get it, make it clear that the D is such a, a prize commodity in this class. But I also think there's some, uh, there's so many good forwards uh, available out there. Uh, it, you know. That we, that we just touched on a little bit. So there's some good ones out there for sure. Uh, next topic, what is that? You want to talk a little bit about NAFE?
1: Yeah, I thought NAFE's went well mm-hmm. from an overall logistics perspective. Uh, it doesn't matter how old the players are. They could be U18 college-bound goaltenders. Mom and dad are still going to have an issue with the shot total. Oh yeah! I had back to back parents oh, come into the tournament yeah. office and say. So I, I rewatched the game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why? <laughs> why? Why? That's something else. Yeah. So maybe uh, we'll think of a different process for tabulating. I have a take next year. But... I
0: have a take that's not terribly hot, but I think yeah. it's pretty hot. The I saw a lot of games last weekend. Um, I didn't uh, see any of the U18s. The best. Oh, I saw almost. All of them. I missed a couple. I yeah, know you did. Um, the, the best game that I saw was this West Can saskatchewan and West Cannes-BC. Okay, so why on a Minnesota high school hockey talk do we talk about these? I talk about it because recruiting is such a big deal to us, who gets committed, and I like to compare apples to apples and apples, you know, I'm not, you know. And I saw this game, the championship game, these two teams, Saskatchewan and BC, kind of, Rolled past everybody, and I mean, like by Mm -hmm. four or five goals each game. And they didn't like each other. They were kind of beacon off, as you like to say, in the hallways. They have obviously played a lot against each other in Western Canada. They got girls that are playing at the select academies. The Delta, they had their Delta helmets on. They got their Okanagan hat helmets on, and uh, it was really good, right? And and they played in that tin box over on the Bethel rink, and it was loud. (laughs) It was entertaining. It was fast. It went to an over triple overtime, and then ended up in a shootout. Uh, it was highly entertaining. I saw about seven or eight Division One programs there: Cornell, New Hampshire, Harvard, uh, Minnesota State. I didn't. Uh, Minnesota State was there. Um, there were a lot of coaches there, but. Wh- but who wasn't there was the most important. I'm like looking at some of these coaches, uh, especially from the local area, that weren't watching these kids. And they were, these players were unbelievable in this game. And they're like, yeah. they're, they're, if you're looking for some real dynamic skaters and you're recruiting, you got to look be looking at girls like this Danica Maynard from BC. She's she, unbelievable.
1: So Robin Cook is one of our PA guys. <laughs> and he, <laughs> This is such a good story. He, this is, you have no idea what I'm going to say. Yeah, I do. This is not he, a story. Okay, go ahead. It's not a story. It's a compliment to Robin. Uh, he played juniors at a very high level. He played at Bemidji State for four years. He's been around talented hockey players for a very long time, uh, both on the ice and on the evaluative side. And I had a list of players that I would approach him with during his championship games because we were trying to figure out best forward, best defender. And he announces them. And best goalie. And he announces them. And we have to get him the names so that he knows who and
0: to announce. we hand him the annu- – just for we hand him – he never once in a million years has said, oh, you're wrong or you're right or I have an opinion. And sometimes he sees a lot more of the players than we do.
1: He has an opinion.
0: I uh, Rarely does he give me I, his opinion.
1: I asked for his opinion. Right. No, because but he I watched- normally
0: – but I normally hand, like at a tournament, I'm, I hand him my five list, he reads it off like a soldier.
1: Yeah, well, I'm not saying that he solely picks them, but right. I pick people's brains. I've asked Jeff Papis before when he broadcasts, he's yeah. like, all right, who's jumped out? Who wh- Whose name have you said a bunch? Yeah. And then, you know, you mix that in with numbers and whatever so I walked into the box and we were looking at some of the names and uh, I had Maynard's name written down as a possible best defender and he was announcing a different goal and he pointed at it and then he pointed at it harder and then he kept banging his finger on her name. Like, yeah, that would be the pick right there.
0: And didn't right after that, she blow a tire on a, on a, on a two on two or a three on two.
1: I think, I think she wiped out trying to defend a two-on-one or something. Yeah, yeah, it but, was funny. Uh, he said funny. that he hadn't seen a defender control a game like that. She did. She completely
0: controlled time. the game. Uh, another girl that stood out to me was Sarah Manis. She's actually from Manitoba but plays in B.C., she has a sister, too. Uh, yeah, very, very good. Uh, you, you saw a girl, for, you and interviewed a girl from Saskatchewan. Uh, what was her name? Striker S- blocky. She yeah. has
1: siblings named Storm and Steel. Wow. Yep. Uh, there's nothing behind the names. Um, she was my lone minute after interview. She was good. Uh, she uh, was a very good player. She was really good. Uh, she gave a great interview, too. She is new to the forward position. Yeah, She's got instincts like nobody's business. I mean, she was jumping pucks. What I loved about her is Larry Olem this morning was talking about teaching anticipation. Yeah, Zablocki had it in spades. If the D were playing patty cake with the puck at the top of the zone, she's got her left, um, her nonstick hand was kind of held closer to her body, so you couldn't tell what she was doing with it. And then all of a sudden she would spread both her hands, poke the puck away. Because if you're passing the puck back and forth and you see a black Glove come out of the yeah, yeah, yeah. You you know what I mean? Is I'm doing a terrible job of explaining it, but that's why they teach you to when you're blocking shots in the D zone, you put your glove hand out and your stick out, right? And she looked like a like an octopus trying to poke the puck away.
0: I thought she was good. Another one I like from Saskatchewan was Rachel Pavlov. Uh, she had a ton of points. Uh, she just always seemed to have. Uh, a three-on-two. Like, you know, like the old, the old, oh, they're always in the right place at the right time. Like, how come Pavel's got the puck and is racing to a three-on-two at all times? I just was, I this game, I could not take my eyes off from about the end of the first period I came over because I was broadcasting the game after. I'm like, oh, check this out, and I couldn't leave. It was that good a game. If you're a college coach and you missed that game, you should probably go tune into that game on our our YouTube page. You'll find two or three really good players. Uh And four or five great players in that that game. So, if you're listening to this your Coach, go watch that game. It's on our YouTube page. I highly
1: suggest it. The talent level in that game was unbelievable. And then you look at a U18 World Championship roster for Team Canada and you see just how many players are not committed. American coaches might want to start looking north of the border. Yeah, there's some
0: good players there. There's some really good players.
1: Um, I got a chance to – any other NAFE talk? Yeah. I don't really have anything else. I spent most of my weekend running around putting out fires at the Super Rink between Rinks 1 uh, and 6. I
0: watched um, I watched a lot of the U18s. Uh, I love the couple girls from the West Can team. Uh, last name, Edel, Tyra Edel. She's from Alberta. She's from Edmonton. Uh, I thought she was fantastic. Um, she was fun to watch they didn't make the championship game they got beat out of the, out of the pool play there um, by I think they got beat out by by uh, yeah they got beat by Max Foundation which was the world team I thought that was fun to watch the world kids come down and come within a goal a kick in goal actually uh, they almost kicked one in and got and would have tied the score I thought they did I thought Max Foundation was fantastic. In the tournament, you can tell a team that's played together, when they got down, they, they they didn't, you know, start crying or give up. They they had their coaches. They had their safety nets there. They had their blankies with them, you know, with their coaching staff. That really helps, you know, and I thought that they played really, really well. You know, the two additions of Bartz and Kirkaby uh, really makes – you know, if they had, they were to play to, on that team next year, if they were to move to World, oh, oh, wow. Oh, they would be yeah. as good as any double-A team in the state. you, know, you think
1: just, that's a possible... Well, I,
0: I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Of course, I like to ask those questions to Izzy, but, you know, I wouldn't publicly say well, that what is it? coming I mean, there. At know? this
1: point of the summer, he probably has no idea. No. But no you can clue. bet that some of those world girls were, you know, elbowing Riley Barts on the bench going, isn't this, oh, hey. isn't this fun? Isn't great. this fun to play together, Riley? Isn't this just the best? Yeah. Do you want to get 88 points in 26 games again playing against Mandan? Or do you want to <laughs> play arguably the best oh, their girls' schedule this prep year's.
0: schedule in the country? It's uh, really good. It's a really good schedule. Um, so that would be one takeaway um uh, on the the West Can girls I thought even at the U18 level were fantastic um a lot of these girls come down here to to get US college you know seen by these schools so blocky
1: said she yeah. said that her dream school is Northeastern. Northeastern
0: yeah I know I love that I love I love they, that they want to come
1: down and play
0: uh hopefully these kids you know the, plenty of the East Coast uh division one schools where we're checking out the western canadian teams because it's just so easy for them to come here and see them all Mm -hmm. um i think that the event was fantastic uh the the talent level is just growing and growing each year next year the u18 level is going to be absolutely dynamic i mean that the teams that we have coming in from quebec and toronto are coming in next year the canadians just the canadians alone and then you factor in, you know, the West Coast team will be better next year. All the teams will be really good next year. I'm the, Is the
1: Quebec team from the Lac-Saint-Louis uh, yeah. Lions yeah, from that Pride. organization? They're called the Pride, yeah. They're called the Lions.
0: It'll be better. good. It'll be good. So I'm excited for that. Uh, the people from Canada were just in love with the events. They just think it's the greatest ever. Yeah, I, so.
1: had a, I had a, a Canadian coach. Come into the office and not to complain, which was great. Uh, but he wanted to say that they they'd had a great time and they loved the music and they love for everybody complaining about playing uh, the national anthem before the game. The kids love it, so can it?
0: Yeah, I got no complaints about the anthem repeated anthem except from the referees, but. That's all they do is complain. Yeah, so, you know. I know. Um. Oh, but it was <laughs> for me because I was on the U eighteen side. I had a chance to meet just about every one of the Division One coaches who were coming through on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday to Ritter. Yep. You know, New Hampshire, Cornell, um, Mankato. St. Thomas, Minnesota uh uh St. Eltham, was Bemidji State. Bemidji there, State right? was all over it. Um uh, Duluth um UNH uh Boston University. I mean, every I one of these schools. U. It's just so cool. Vermont. Uh, all these coaches are coming in and we're starting to really lay our foundation in the media side of this as well. They are interested in doing biographical podcasts about themselves, so we're going to get a chance to do a few. A lot of them are very interested in in having their story told to our Minnesota audience, so I'm excited about it. I'm really excited. Free advertising. Yeah, and for us, it's great media. It's great coverage uh, to meet these other coaches. As we
1: round out the Naves Talk, also a good time to throw out a shout-out to our partners, Westcan. Yeah, James Lawrence. Organization. Yeah, I've the, never the, seen James mad. Yeah, it's a
0: it's the it's a great relationship that we've built with with James and his crew. West can, uh, West can's kind of a feeding spot. Like uh, like you, they, they were called West can, Saskatchewan. What happened was uh, a certain group couldn't connect with the Saskatchewan group that the team Sask came to us, so they just okay. assembled themselves with. With with uh with James and all of a sudden we have seventeen of the best Saskatchewan girls showing up and they were well worth the price of admission.
1: That's a that's a credit to James and his staff's ability to think on the fly and put something together
0: like Right. And then I think we we are a good ad because we have, you know, American connections as well as put on a a choice grade A event. So it's a a good marriage, without a doubt. We're very excited about it and really excited to add another eight teams next year to make it 48 teams. Uh, We're excited. We have the ice. We have everything there for an even better event next year. So I'm excited for that.
1: We'll get James that beer next year.
0: Um, what are what are some things on the the girls' hockey horizon uh, in your world uh, before we sign off here today?
1: Oh, well, the national camps are always interesting. You start seeing some point totals roll in from those. We have the now prospects combine starting on Monday, the first year that we've ever had girls participating in the combine. So uh, I look forward to seeing all of the gopher players over there and saying, Hey, do you remember me? I interviewed you five years ago.
0: It's so exciting. Um, Um,
1: Should be a good time. I was
0: talking to Natalie Darwitz uh, this week about players. She's like, Oh, I don't think Abby Breen's going to be there. And I'm like, Oh, too bad. She's, I think she's injured. She just had surgery. She can't put weight on her. No. Ankle or lower body, we'll call it. I don't know if it was a knee or ankle, and uh, he goes, "Oh, but but uh, Grace Zumwick will be will be there." I am like, <laughs> "Fair trade, okay, we'll,
1: take, fair, it. Yeah, we'll yeah. take it, we'll take it." Like, I guess you know what, if we have to,
0: if if sure, if we will take that. To, we'll so take Grace Zumwick, so, but you know. the best part of this is these young women who will be the counselors have no idea. Uh, the energy that they're going to see from these seventh graders going into eighth grade, you know, the (laughs) list of players that are coming into this is so fun. You know, we have Hadley Baker, uh, uh, Bailey Roop, Grace Lager, JC Chatlin. I mean, the list of girls players that are coming this week to our camp is staggering. June Semling will be there. I mean, Every part of the state will be represented at this camp, and they're going to get a first-class camp delivered by us and the the, the women players at the U and, and Natalie Darwitz and all the rest of the support staff at the U. I can't wait. I'm more excited for the girls' side of this camp because we've done the boys' side for eight years, you know, so yeah. it's not like it's old hat. And these boys that are coming were also minors last year, so many of these boys are already Know exactly what to expect. The girls have no clue what they're going to uh, endure that week. It's going to be a
1: blast. That's our way of saying we look to the boys to provide leadership leadership, and quiet time. And
0: any of you people out there concerned that the boys and girls will be uh, together? I don't think anyone was concerned about that. I was concerned about it. So they won't be together at all. They will see each other in the hallways. They won't compete against one another but it's going to be fantastic. We have alums coming to speak. Kelly Panic will come and speak uh, to the girls camp and some guy named Mike Crowley, we dragged him out of uh, desperation to come down and speak to the boys. So I don't I'm know excited. Who that is. I'm excited for the camp. It's going to be a blast. Would you say Matt Crowley? M- Mike, I think his name is. I, I You know what's funny is uh, uh, Natalie Darwitz when I told her that Crowley was going to be speaking to the boys and Panic to the girls she goes, "But I want to see Crowley."
1: What was his name? Mark Crowley? Mike, I think. Mike's name is. I really look forward to uh, meeting Milton Crowley. It's going to be good. It'll be
0: a great camp. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for this show. It was a fantastic one. Yeah! Uh, Let's uh, roll this thing into the weekend, and we'll roll the uh, Larry uh, Olam podcast out on Monday morning. Kabam! It's going to be awesome. For Peter Odney, I'm Tony Scott. Hope you enjoy today's show
1: who cool. used to be a fool all about the bounce in my step watch it on the news what you gonna do i could hit refresh and forget